I'm like imagining our theme music playing right now. Like, yeah. open your Bibles. It's one of my favorite parts of editing the podcast. Playing the theme music. Oh, yeah. Our theme music is great. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ben Schreiber. Yes, thank you, Ben Schreiber. I don't know you, but thank you. I know you. Yeah. Quite well. <laughs> That's okay. You said that very ominously. I know you, Benjamin. So think about that. Yeah, think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Michael, you're here. You're looking great. Thank you. Today you got your ears pierced. Well, I got them pierced last week. Yeah, but this is the first time I've seen you with your ears pierced. All right, and I only exist when I am. Did in you your get both sides? Let me see. Oh yeah, both sides. Both sides, and you have cute little metal studs in them. Mm-hmm. You're really upping the level of faggotry in your life. I think so, and I love that for you. I love it too. I've supported it from the beginning, as you know. I've been an ardent patron yep yes (laughs) you have been you've been an inspiration hava thank you i do my best to inspire the children i was gonna have a whole t-shirt that i made yesterday oh you made a whole t-shirt yesterday or just you've been working on it actually i I made it mostly yesterday yeah and it was like all like stripey it was kind of 80s weird very glamorous but i made it a little too tight it just looked too ridiculous well don't talk about your clothes now save it for mike's jewish journey oh okay right right. all every a place for every piece of content and every piece of content in its place we're like a (laughs) spice cabinet of podcastery it's true oh Wow. I wish I had a spice cabinet instead of a what I do have, which is a mess. I just wish that every surface in my house was covered in like tiny knickknack shelves that I would fill with curios and like herbs. I love knickknack shelves and I don't really like knickknacks. Wow. I know. Two houses alike in dignity. <laughs> no. <laughs> or lack thereof. I know, I know. <laughs> wow. I love myself. <laughs> I know. I know you do. Bruchem. <sighs> um how are you yeah i was about to say i've asked how are you how am i how are you how am i i'm well i went on a hike yesterday that was lovely i've been watching stiesel which has been great i don't think you've seen it but oh no i've seen it I've seen oh it. you've seen it the artist dude yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah i've been watching stiesel it's been great it's been good for my hebrew and also it's just been i love the drama it's I, cute it's I, cute oh my god it's so cute i would shit a stiesel like in a heartbeat his love interest is like totally my type older Wait. woman oh yeah confident in his love interest from season has one has a child it's like totally everything I, know. I go for i know you love older observant jewish women mm-hmm. it's oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep 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 um yeah so Stiesel has been fun and i just finished doing all the promotion for a class that i'm teaching on july 12th i'm going to be teaching a class called finding your root about how to translate rabbinic hebrew I'm very excited about that. I thought you might be. I feel like it's a perfect class for the level you're at. I got my Jastro. I'm so ready. I got some chunks of Talmud I'm ready to dive into. Great. So Save it for your section, Michael. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Do not speak of anything Jewish and personal until it's time for your journey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm so bad. Yeah, I know. It's fine. You atone for it by making this podcast with me. Is there anything else going on in my life? Just the usual, just like studying so much Talmud, teaching so much Talmud, just like com- like overwhelmed with my own choices, but enjoying it like a dog rolling in filth. But the filth is sacred text. <laughs> uh we're going grocery shopping yeah that's a great subject change um yes we are going grocery shopping after this i'm Mm -hmm. i'm very excited i love going grocery shopping i like i like having you take me grocery shopping you're a very calm grocery shopping companion thank you you know 
I like to stay calm in really, really stressful situations and grocery stores are very stressful. Yeah, I am in a tizzy every time we go grocery shopping. Maybe we should eat before we get the groceries. Well, that reminds me, I just got an Instant Pot. I know. I just heard from a devoted listener that they are getting me an Instant Pot for my birthday. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And they messaged me about it because they saw that you got an Instant Pot and they wanted to make sure that I didn't have your Instant Pot because they didn't want to double gift. Whoa. That is some listener. You are on it. I know. I'll tell you who the listener is later. Okay, cool. I think she'll enjoy being referred to during the show. Should we talk about Talmud? Is that what our show is about? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that what we yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Oh, wait. Also, I want to say I got into some internet drama. Oh. So there's this program called Kohenet. It's like a really popular program. It's called a Hebrew priestess program. It's creating like an ordination other than rabbi to sort of instantiate the role that women have played in Jewish life. I don't Mm -hmm, know. It's mm -hmm. a whole thing. It's not my thing, but I think like conceptually I'm interested in the idea. But they've had a transmisogynist gender admissions policy for years. I actually emailed them about it several years ago. The people they admit into their program is trans women, cis women, and non-binary people who are designated female at birth. Mm. So if you're non-binary and designated male at birth... You're not allowed, which is transmisogyny. If you want to know why, I don't know, Google it, figure it out. But I've emailed them about this over the past several years, and they've never said anything. And then I made a Facebook post about it. A bunch of people got on the thread and got upset about it with me, which was nice. Then someone from their board, I think, someone from their leadership team came onto the Facebook thread to post a response. And their response was basically like, uh, we're working on it and like dealing with the complexities of our work. It was a very dissatisfactory Facebook response. Like you've known about the problems with this policy for multiple years. There's literally no excuse. So I don't know. Part of me wants to take it to another level, like take this call out to another level and part of me is like i'm too busy thriving to be involved in this well just by talking about it in a public forum you have taken it to yeah i guess i have this is my platform there i know yeah i did want to go there a little bit like previously my strategy has been to write an open letter Mm -hmm. but i'm just busy i'm just like already tired so i don't know if i'm gonna do that but i don't know if this is analogous at all but it reminds me a lot of like we need more female ceos in some ways we don't really need more rabbis we need like to destroy the concept of rabbi yeah I agree. I'm with you. I, that's not my issue with the program. I know, I know. I think that's like a broader issue to be talked about in Jewish life and one that I'm always grappling with as like someone who both wants to be a rabbi and wants to destroy rabbis. So, mm-hmm. but that's a whole thing. I don't know. Maybe I'll up the ante on the call out by naming this episode Kohenet is Transmisogynist. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that would be dramatic. I don't know. I'll think about it. Okay, that was the hot sauce. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Talmud. So we're continuing our series about leadership today, which we will be continuing for the foreseeable future. You're welcome. So we're back on DAF 17A of Masechet Sanhedrin. So if you recall, last week we talked about the suspension of the death penalty and what happens if all of the rabbis have a unanimous verdict. So we're just continuing right after that, with a really interesting little tidbit. And here we go. Lay it on us. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Ein Moshivin Basanhedre, Ella Baalekuma, 
וברא לחוכמה, וברא למראה, וברא לזקנה, וברא לכשפים. says רבי יוחנן, a favorite queer Talmudic rabbi of mine. We'll have to do a whole episode about him sometime because he's super gay. Yohanan is a gay name. Yeah, Yohanan is a very gay name. I mean, Yohanan is like one of the first queer, I mean, not one of the first queer characters of the Torah, but the first Yohanan we meet in Torah is queer. Because oh. David and Jonathan, Jonathan is Yohanan. That's the same Hebrew oh. name. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. The original bottom-for-bottom relationship. Mm. Um, that's really funny. I hope someone out there appreciates how clever that is. Okay, so says Rabbi Yochanan, queer icon, they don't appoint anyone to the Sanhedrin unless they are, and I'm going to say this literally, and then we can talk about what it means more figuratively, masters of height, masters of wisdom, masters of visage masters of oldness and masters of sorcery oh Oh, i love seeing the look on your face just like your eyes get wider and wider every time yeah so i guess i'll read through that again and say figuratively what i think it means they only appoint men to the sanhedrin if they are men of stature wise men pleasing to look at (laughs) of suitable years of suitable oldness and respectability Mm -hmm. and masters of sorcery and yeah that one's so let's talk about it first thoughts give me your oh well what the fuck do you think i love that they have to look good i know and be tall and be tall they have to be so tall so tall and i like that like if you don't know no i'm not saying you have Oh, what? what i just noticed michael's nails they look really cute oh golden tipped yeah. yeah oh my gosh yeah it's like a metallic french tip uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah incredible i would expand a little bit more i don't think you have to look good but i think you have to appreciate aesthetics and beauty mm. in order to be a good judge i find in my life that mm-hmm. people who appreciate aesthetics and beauty are also good moral judges of character in my job i hang out with a bunch of engineers right they barely appreciate aesthetics and beauty. And yeah. they are notoriously kind of bad at moral questions, like mm-hmm. the nature of their job and how it affects the world. And they're like, I don't know, I just like solving puzzles. Well, I think we both know there's a possibility that you just think that people with good taste are morally good because their taste matches your taste. Maybe. maybe. Which is also a question, which is also, that's a question that's alive in this text. Like, who do we think has good stature? Who do we think is pretty? That defines who we think will be morally good. As a society, we attach all kinds of moral value to beauty, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this can be seen, for instance, in fat phobia, in the hatred of fat people. Like, mm-hmm. because fat people are not seen as desirable in our society, all kinds of moral stigma is attached to them on top of it. And I think this happens also with transmisogyny and anti-blackness what you're talking about raises this interesting question about this fascination that people have for instance with the fact that hitler was a painter or the fact that george w bush makes paintings now you know people are both surprised by their interest in aesthetics and they're also they feel that it humanizes these two war criminals slash genociders well i think one of the things that the right does a lot better than the left is utilize art for propaganda i think this is a mainly equality of the white left but sure i hear you sure 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 i hate 
leftist architecture like mm-hmm. modern architecture is like ugly and nathan j robinson of current affairs did a great piece about it if you guys want to go out you can read it how leftists like are terrible at aesthetics but mm-hmm. yeah I, I think you're right there's a bit of a contradiction there so maybe not the more the most moral people are the most in tune with aesthetics but it, it's interesting yes and we have to know in sanhedrin if you're on Sanhedrin, you're going to be dealing with capital punishment cases. So this is like literally the most executive power that any human being can have in a traditional Jewish legal system, or at least in the legal system, the rabbis of the Talmud are envisioning. Because at the time that this is being written, Sanhedrin does not exist. Sanhedrin, as far as we know, ended around the destruction of the Second Temple, 70 CE, give or take. There was maybe some trickling, like a few Sanhedrins hung on for a little while after that. But for the most part, this court system doesn't exist at the time this text is being put together. So this is all like envisioning, you know, what they want their future halachic society to look like. So they're like fantasizing. about Mm -hmm. like, Oh, in our halachic future, we will have beautiful judges who can cast spells (laughs) on on our hearts. We'll get to the sorcery in a second, why they have to be masters of sorcery, because it's really interesting. But yeah, I think something that's really interesting about the Talmudic rabbis is that they fantasize about the future by reshaping the past. Right. They're Uh like, this is what they did. Therefore, it's what we will do. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's uh, just a dope little technique. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Common across the political spectrum. Right. Much like certain segments of the left make poor use of aesthetics, I think certain segments of the left are less willing to play with history. Oh, because they're afraid. Yeah, they kind of believe in the teleological myth that like life is constantly getting better. Yeah. They kind of buy Or other teleological myths like the myth that history is like an immutable fact they believe in facts you know i'm like pro fact i'm not anti-fact i'm toxic epistemological waste (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i'm a factist i belong to the factist party we've talked about being vale kuma and vale mare so masters of stature and masters of visage. So they also need to be wise, old, and masters of sorcery. So wise and old, I think there's some stuff we could talk about that. But I think sorcery is what sorcery, yeah. we really want to talk about. There's some Jewish magic, like there's some amulet making and stuff like that. That's like legitimate, like not forbidden. It's like okay to do certain kinds of Jewish magic. But the word here, shafim, is like forbidden Jewish magic really yeah this is like masters of forbidden magic and rashi says the reason that they have to be balik shafim masters of sorcery is because they need to be able to know if someone who is present in a case is using forbidden magic to influence the case And then Uh, Rashi goes on to provide an example of a Jew who was known to use magic to influence people away from Judaism. And do you know what example he uses? No. What? Yoishki. Jesus. Really? Yeah. So now we have access to Talmudic texts where the original sort of like anti-Jesus stuff is left in. But for years, that was all edited out, you know, and the references to Jesus were obscured. But yeah. Rashi is like Jesus is primary example of Jew who used magic to influence other Jews for ill. That that's funny, Rashi. Yeah. I mean, I think Jesus 
is presented in his own literature that way as doing magic, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, you have to have done bad things in order to be a judge of people who've done bad things. That's like, oh, instead of someone who went to law school and like has a perfect resume and like never inhaled or whatever Mm -hmm. to be a judge we clearly need someone who has the average number (laughs) of like petty bullshit like normal people should be the judge i've been thinking about a tweet for a while about saying i want a rabbi with an OnlyFans. oh okay Um, yes i mean i want an OnlyFans with a rabbi (laughs) but it makes me think about this poem I'm looking up who the author is. This famous poem by Zoe Leonard. I want a dyke for president. I want a person with AIDS for president. I want a fag for vice president. I want someone with no health insurance. Yada, yada. It's Mm -hmm. a great poem. I have it on my wall. Um, Yeah, it makes me think about that and just like how the life experiences of our leaders shape it. Yeah, I don't think that's the intention behind saying these people should be masters of it, but I think that's a really interesting direction to go with it. And that's often how I think about myself. I think if there were more rabbis like me who had had to do sex work to survive, we would have a better Judaism. That's a fucking fact if there ever was one, which there wasn't. Do you think Rashi's interpretation is correct in the sense that like, it's close to what the original writers were trying to say? I'm generally convinced by Rashi's interpretation here. I think all the other qualities in this list are virtues, so it would be weird for them to list a vice amongst the virtues. Hmm, Okay. So structurally in the text, to me, it makes sense. But that doesn't mean we can't interpret it any fucking way we want. Okay. All right, cool. I'm in on it. I think we we talked about some good stuff this Talmud episode. We talked about abolishing rabbis, which is always on my mind. Mm-hmm. We're ambiguous. We're pro some days and... It's a fetish. Yeah. Abolish me. Let's see. We talked about aesthetics and how our aesthetics sense shapes who we think is moral, which I think is a great topic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we talked about sorcery and Jesus. There you go. Wow. I think we're fulfilling our design brief. I think so. Great. Okay. I think that's it for Talmud. What about Michael's Jewish journey? Oh, my journey. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, I mentioned that I was working on t-shirt number one. You worked on t-shirt, so you're continuing your journey of becoming Jewish clothing designer. The next Isaac Mizrahi. Who's Isaac Mizrahi? Should I know that? I'll, I'll cut it out. You know, leave it in. Don't cover your shame. Wait, really? <laughs> he is a famous, he's like, has like depart, like stores and like outlet malls and shit oh, like okay, that. Okay. He's like famous designer. Well, whatever, you know. It's fine. He's not good. Oh. I mean, he's fine. He's just not interesting. He's just famous. Continuing yeah. your Jewish journey. So you're making Jewish clothes. Yeah. And Hava, you pointed out on the phone the other day that I really enjoy Jewish material. Yes. Jewish material culture, I think, yes. is the exact phrase I use. Yes. Jewish material culture. Yeah. Lex has a really good episode of his podcast about that. I should try oh, yeah. to find it for you. That'd be cool. Yeah. There's like someone who whose like thesis was about Jewish material culture or something. That's neat. Yeah. So I think I'm going to start doing some presentations soon at some point in the future about objects, material, mm-hmm. sexy, evocative things. Mm-hmm. That's one of the great things about Judaism. There's so much gear. Well, here's the thing. I didn't really realize how much gear there was. I didn't find out there was incense. Yeah, right. That you burned during Havdalah until I was here with you and Binya and you guys started burning incense. Oh, you like, mean Beis Hamim. 
Yeah. I mean, it can be a burning incense. A lot of people have spices that they just smell. But yeah, it can definitely be something you burn as well. If I had known that when I was 12. I know. Havdalah is great. It's a very material ritual. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. You got Shabbos candlesticks. You got a talit. You got a talit katan. You got your tefillin. You got your ark. You got your Torah. It's just like so much Jewish stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited about the Jewish stuff, especially about Jewish beauty products mm-hmm. and Jewish sensuality. Yeah. Not long ago in Daf Yomi, I think there was a section about different ancient Jewish cosmetics. Oh. Yeah. Someone knocking? No, it's the refrigerator making ice. Okay. I'm going to start researching various things like the temple incense. Mm. And I'll be reaching out a bit to our call-in historian, Sam Biagetti, most likely to get <laughs> his opinions We've talked about it before, so I right. think this will be a great place to talk about it in the future. So, I mean, that's what's happening with the Jewish journey. Yeah. I've been reading the rational rabbis that you gave back to me. Oh, yeah? How's it going? It's good. It's really cool to think about all the different ways that you can conceive of what kind of knowledge you can get from the Talmud. Mm-hmm. Is there one meaning? Uh, is there no particular meaning? Is it constantly being lost? Mm-hmm. Or is it constantly being generated from like a set of axioms? Or, you know, right. do you transmit it? Or do you like just transmit the tools of how to get it, the knowledge? Right. So it's yeah. all very interesting. I know I've already said the word epistemology too many times on this podcast episode, yeah. but yeah, the way that you think the Talmud thinks about knowledge, the meta epistemology of it all just like really can change your whole perspective. It's like if you're texting back and forth with the Talmud and you're trying to figure out whether and or not I the am. Talmud is into you. Mm-hmm. She is. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you think so. She hasn't texted me back in like a week. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm pissed about it. Okay. Okay. Relatable. And I see that she saw the text. Okay. Two little check marks. Mm Mm-hmm. So right, because the Talmud uses Signal for sure. Definitely, (laughs) yeah, of course, yeah. So you know, I'm having fun, listeners. We had an idea for Mike's Jewish journey today. Either you should tweet us, like respond to this episode's tweet when I tweet it out, or just at me at Hi, how are you? Or at Michael at Misfigured any old time, and you should give Michael suggestions for his Jewish journey. So call into the Talmud hotline, tweet us, email us at Hi, how are you? And say things that Michael should do for his Jewish journey, and he will do them. It's like American Idol, like text to vote about what Michael should do, and he will do it like yeah. a trained pony. I like that. Uh, that's right. That sounded creepy. Yeah, I'll do it. I, I, I am a trained pony. <laughs> I, I will dance for all of you. I love that. Well, listeners, I think that's it for this week. Follow us on Twitter at Hi, How Are You and at Misfigured. Tweet us, call us on the Talmud hotline, email us to tell us what Michael should do or to ask us your Talmud questions. Mm-hmm. We're one patron away from 60 patrons, at which point we will make the Talmud hotline public. That's right. So please be our 60th patron. If you are our 60th patron and you're okay with it, we'll thank you by name on the air. Yeah, we'll thank you by name. If you're not okay with it, please let us know. I'll message you, whoever you are, mysterious 60th patron. Can't wait to meet you. I posted on the Patreon about the class on July 12th about learning to translate rabbinic text. So come to our class on the 12th. And thank you so much for listening. Buenas semanas. Que tengas. Bye. Bye.